Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Mr. Rub is there. Mr. Matt Catrillo's at home. Clackety clack. I'm making sure that the newsroom is menaced by his. No, no. He's enjoying the fruits of his very hard work this morning. Where's the company cat? Uh, in the cat room in, in the, the copy room. department. Okay. That's okay. more commonly known as, since it's in the cat and it's in the copy department, it is the a. Copy cat, right? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's where the cat is. See, there was a scratching boast in there. <laughs> yeah, your leg. I tried to shove it out of the way and use it, but <laughs> the oh, cat you wanted didn't to like use it. the scratching post. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Let my fingernails grow long and just scratch away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we do have a great uh, pet up here. Just this wonderful kitten who's grown like crazy. It's funny, it's grown so fast you come in over the weekend and you look at the cat and she's bigger. It's the, the, I guess it's the way... Probably everybody's slipping the cat food, too, I would suspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people uh, enamor themselves with the cat by giving the cat treats. We don't treats. want to eat this, so we'll give it to the cat. <laughs> give, it the, give it to the cat. She'll eat anything. So, okay. Well, yeah, so that's the uh, company pet. So we sometimes have dogs up here as well. None none today that I know of, but I haven't been down to the sales end. They're the dog people that bring We always those call people, people working dogs. <laughs> working class <laughs> dogs. Yeah, that is uh, from, where's that from? That's from a, maybe I a don't know. Led Zeppelin album or something. I forget. Man. I'm Rob. not a big Led Zeppelin fan, so I wouldn't know. Working, Rob probably would know. class dog. Yeah, we'll ask him a little bit later. All right. Uh, on the market sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company, please. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.kok.com. We had a vibrant discussion yesterday about inflation, so if you have any additional thoughts on that. Somebody emailed the newsroom, not for broadcast, just saying that, Joe, you and I are both full of blank. Oh, really? ill-informed, uninformed, and and went through the Democratic and Republican talking points satisfactorily. (laughs) I'm sorry, I missed that. Right. Yeah, so we didn't. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't. Well, maybe we'd think that person was (laughs) ill-informed, too. (laughs) Well, that could be. (laughs) Well, it was a sq.edu. What is that? Susquehanna? Oh, okay. It was somebody over there. Okay. I didn't see it. It wasn't anybody name I recognized, but, well, somebody who might be informed. I don't know. Well, I don't. It wasn't for Matt. I don't think so. We'll get that. Oh yeah, for Matt Rosso. <laughs> right. uh, well, he he might say that. <laughs> he might about us. He's called me uninformed on occasions. Says very very gently though, not quite so pointedly. But anyway, okay. So if you have information on any of the topics we discussed yesterday, uh, feel free to do so. If you are a stalwart Republican, you may be interested in knowing that in the spring primary next year, you will have a, a gubernatorial candidate named Charlie Chiro, who was on the line today on our Sunrise Show and. 
he's been invited to be on On the Mark, so hopefully he'll come on at some point. But uh, he's hoping to be the next governor. He calls himself a reasonable Republican, so we can talk about that. But he says something interesting. He would like to see voter initiative in Pennsylvania, where voters can recall a governor kind of get legislative action started uh, at grassroots level. Boy, and if we had that in Pennsylvania now, we'd probably have a, a different state. Uh, might. Really. We might not have the same governor either. Well, they probably would have recalled Governor Corbett because he wasn't too popular mm. at the toward the end there. And uh, his greatest downfall was what? The raising of the gasoline cap? No, uh, no, I think that was one of his strengths. Well, you feel so, but most people don't feel like higher taxes are good. Um, he just wasn't a communicator. He, he, I remember when we first met, uh, he addressed the State Association of Broadcasters, and he told us, our executive board, he told us that uh, he wasn't like Governor Rendell. You wouldn't be seeing a lot of him outside the office. I think he became somewhat invisible to the people of Pennsylvania, okay. and that's a dangerous thing to do. You have, on one hand, you had the gregarious Ed Rendell, who was everywhere, slapping people on the back. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't talk to Ed Rendell for five minutes and not like the guy, whether you, <laughs> whether you disliked his politics or not. But you know what's interesting right now? Uh, CNN, I don't know whether you saw this, has sparked an online uproar with a piece saying the Biden White House is fed up with Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris and her, quote, entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus, unquote. I heard that sentence, just that she's in hot water because of her office has fallen apart. She yeah. didn't turn out to be the big accomplisher. Well, the story which prompted the, the top White House officials to rush to the vice president's defense has spawned attacks on the network on CNN as being racist and sexist. But there, here's the thing. <laughs> the piece is not only well reported. This, by the way, is Howard Kurtz's commentary from Media Buzz. He's Which a, doesn't mention her sex or her race, no. I might add. <laughs> it said, but here's the thing. The piece is not only well reported. It gives Harris a side of the strained relationship in the second paragraph. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined. To hear some of the left tell it, any criticism of the vice president is out of bounds because of the trailblazing nature of her election. Uh, best-selling author Don Winslow tweeted that CNN's story is racist and misogynistic, and if you allow it to go unchecked, you are failing her, President Biden, and the country at a time when Trump and Republicans are trying to burn the country to the ground. Hmm. Wow. I would like to... S <laughs> I, I, I didn't read the CNN article, but we'd like to see what the basis of the accusation is. Did they say that she's doing a poor job because she's a woman or something? No, they just said... And men would do better. Her office... <laughs> this has been her hallmark. She's very, very cautious. She doesn't grant interviews. You know, she... I guess she overthinks everything she does. She did it as a senator. She did it as an attorney general. Okay. You know, she's always had a reputation. And look how fast she folded in the presidential contest. I mean, she practically was out the door. Beto O'Rourke outlasted out her. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, he hopes to be something else now. Governor right? of Texas. Right. So, um, yeah. And I'm sure that well, will happen I, as soon as you see a pig flying by. I, I think a lot of Democrats, myself included, were disappointed that she didn't turn out to be more of an accomplisher in Washington. You know, we always, if we want to look at what some great vice presidents have done, look what Mike Pence did. Stood up to President Trump when necessary, but at the same time was... Uh, you know, his own man and, and held to his ideals. Well, and then the greatest vice president of all, Dick Cheney. 
<laughs> you think. I didn't have as high an opinion of him, but you and I, of course, disagree on Well, I wouldn't have things. gone hunting with him, and I don't think you would either. <laughs> right. Oh, poor guy. He's, all right. Well, he's gone now, so you don't you don't have old dick to, chick, to kick around anymore. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our open line. We're talking about Kamala Harris. Yeah, I think by all accounts, her office is uh, In enjoying, yeah, enjoying some conflict. So, well, and I think, uh, I think a lot of people had higher hopes and wanted more assertive. Although, did you know? Notice yesterday when the president signed the Infrastructure Act, he had heard to the preamble to his remarks. And did you hear the introduction? They didn't introduce her. They introduced someone else. And her oh, response no, was, I, I thought maybe it was a snub, but maybe it wasn't a snub. But she said, uh, I forget who they introduced, but she said, it'll be just a moment. And then she, she was at the podium when they introduced her incorrectly. Mm. Oh, okay. No, I didn't hear that. She's By the sort time... of like, like the Rodney Dangerfield of politicians. She don't get no respect. <laughs> By the time I looked up, she was already at the podium, and her windblown hair was being sent all over. So, and her aide was, uh, who was really significantly underdressed, was right there. I uh, think that the the reason they picked her was so that Joe Biden would look better by comparison. <laughs> I thought she was going to really help glue the White House together. Maybe she will in the future. We've still got three years to go. She's still a good leader, and uh, he's still got a lot to accomplish. Well, what has she, seriously, what has she done? She was given the border mandate, which which when Joe Biden gave it to her, he said that she was going to be the border czar, in effect. Then she redefined it and said that well, she wasn't going to go to the border. She did, took forever to get there. And when she went there, she went to a place where the problem didn't exist. Where? El Paso. Right? No, McAll- no, McAllen's where the problem existed. She went to El Paso, right? I okay. think that's right. So, you know, she has that. Uh, she hasn't really done a bang-up job on that. You don't even see her talking about it or hear her talking about it. You know, when Mike Pence was given a portfolio, you heard from him. You heard what he was doing, what he was trying to accomplish. And the administration took pride in what he was doing, even though they did eventually want to kill him, I guess. All right. Well, we did ask her yesterday if she was going to ever accomplish anything in the White House. Um, not today. <laughs> okay. So there you have it. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our uh, toll-free line. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. As far as Kamala Harris goes, uh, you do know how she got her start in in, in the political world, right? I'm not certain, but go ahead and enlighten us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this is the Fox, Fox <laughs> I can News hardly, I hardly wait to hear this. <laughs> she, she, was, became, she became Willie Brown's, well, how you say, paramour, I guess it would be. And she, he's the one that appointed her to uh, boards that she is not qualified for. I think one first one was uh, something insurance board out there in California, and that's how she got her start in politics, because she was the girlfriend, uh, the married, I guess he was the leader of the Senate or something out there in the House of Senate, I don't think he wasn't governor, no, Willie Brown wasn't governor, but that's how she got her start, and it's been downhill ever since. She has no executive uh, experience, you know, and, and she was... I guess, you know, from my all understanding, she was a terrible AG out there, you know, kept, uh, used, uh, withheld uh, information, evidence in court cases and stuff against people and got, you know, the, the, the convicted we got more time because the evidence withheld and stuff like that. Well, so, she would yeah, have a I, tough... I don't expect her to do much. She's, she's never done anything in her life. 
Except yeah, I think she'd have a tough. To a boyfriend. I think, by all accounts, she'd have a tough resume to defend if she were to have advanced uh, significantly farther into the presidential race because of the kind of things that you're talking about. But of course, she's a person of action. So every time you take an action, you're going <laughs> to irritate somebody. You know, the stands of the world will be irritated by the things she did. And what, what, what action, Mark? Has she done anything at the border well, other than travel to South America and give speeches that made no sense? It was word salads. Well, if you, were, if you were listening earlier, I said I can't list any accomplishments while she's vice president, as <laughs> Joe uh, remarked also. But I think she does have a resume. She has been a decider along the way. And, yes, she's irritated conservatives a hundred times over and maybe some Democrats, too. But I honestly think that uh, uh, I, I think she could stand up to scrutiny. But she, does, she has a lot of asterisks in her resume, like the ones you list, that would make her. It, I think it would be difficult for her to have advanced significantly farther in the presidential race if Joe Biden hadn't been in it, for example. Well, but, I mean, it is it is kind of interesting that the, the person that called uh, Biden a racist on, on a debate, basically, becomes the vice president, you know, in his administration. That's kind of interesting how that all that takes place. And I guess it's politics at play is what that all comes down to. And I don't think it did him any good because he's not done anything for the for the ticket or, or for the administration or for the country for that matter. Maybe she's supposed to be a, uh, one of her listeners says, President Biden gave her the border so that uh, he wouldn't look bad, she would. Well, that's, that's possible, but he also looks bad. I don't care I whether so. she has the border control, you know, whether she's supposed to take care or not. He's the one that caused the problems with his executive orders. He's the decider. So, right? Well, what's going on right now is that, you know, the nation gets distracted by different things, but the border issue is still ongoing. There are still thousands of people crossing the border illegally every day, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris haven't done a thing to stop it or to protect the American people from whatever could be coming across that border. That's that's the thing. Uh, didn't they put out that sometime beginning in November they were going to reinstitute the stay in Mexico policy because they were court ordered to do it? To do it, yes. Does anybody know if that's actually happened? Do you know that no, it hasn't? No, it hasn't happened. Oh, it has to. <laughs> it has not. You do not know that. You're just making this up, Joe. But Mark, it's been on the news. It hasn't been. It has been. Stay in Mexico is still <laughs> happening. I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking, because all I know is that they said, the administration said, that in the beginning of November, they were going to reinstitute it. And it wasn't right. because they wanted to. It's because the court says, that's the law. You have to do it, and you better do it. But uh, once again, they're defying court orders, which if you or I did it, <laughs> our butts would be sitting in jail in con on contempt charges, correct? Stan, I would visit you regularly in federal and prison. I'd visit you, Mark, because I didn't bring you a coffee. <laughs> Thank <But> you. <laughs> you. You know, but that's that's the thing. They defy court orders, and then common people, there, there's two tiers of justice in this country, and it's getting to be old. Uh, you know, the people that have done things at the top pay no price for it. Unless, of course, you got an R beside your name. If you got a D beside your name, you never pay a price. And if you got an R beside it, you go to prison. Well, so that's one I will tell what happens, but it's not right. All right. The Biden administration, this is from late October. The Biden administration is prepared to reimplement the Trump era border policy known as the Migrant Protection Protocols in mid November. 
Okay. So it has not yet been reinstated. And why are they delaying? Well, because they 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 want to let as many people stream across the border. Right. Well, as that's they can. one reason. But what's the other reason? The court order didn't take effect yet, or no? Something? The court order. They were the court was order immediate. was in August. So they just outright yeah. defied it. Well, they're they're dragging their feet. In your view, they're dragging their feet. When right. You can see yeah. that. Well, I mean, are they appealing to somebody else? I mean, I don't no, know. No, they're, there is they're a not appealing court. to me. I can tell you that. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> so, so did, did you say it was a well Trump said. error? Is that how it's reported? It's a Trump error policy, the MPP. Yes, a Trump error policy. Well, see, that's wrong in its in a, on its face. That law was signed into law during the Clinton administration. Well, this is a story from the Texas Tribune, and they're right down there, so they ought to at least have part of it, right? Well, that's because Trump was actually applying the law. But the law's been in effect since uh, the mid-'90s when Clinton signed it into law. Okay. So it is a immigration law that is not being enforced. Obama didn't enforce it. Bush didn't enforce it. Clinton probably didn't enforce it. Trump tried to enforce it. And what did Biden say? It was inhumane and a bunch of other garbage that he put in out in his statements. All right. Ra- probably racist, too. But Well, but, you know, world. right now, my point was that we're distracted from that because we're now all following what's going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and the people are there <laughs> preparing for riots because well, they... Well, that's what will happen. <laughs> Who cares? You, know, you do know that if, if he's acquitted... That's what will happen, because a fine member of Congress, Cory Bush, is basically threatening that uh, there will be unrest if he's acquitted. Well, Joe Biden called him a white supremacist while he was running for office. Right, right, before any facts were out, except you know, a lot of facts were out that it was self-defense, but, you know, they painted the whole thing the whole different way because you know he's yeah. a white kid and he was at a blm riot well right get that riot and he's defending himself well that's true but i mean if he hadn't gone there in the first place he wouldn't right. have been in that position all right we well, got to move you know, on stan neither here nor there he has every right as a citizen of the united states to go where he wants right fully armed am i correct with a hit with an eight with a he did not go armed <laughs> he got the weapon there so the, the lie that he crossed state lines with the weapon is just that, a lie. And it's whether he should have been there or not, that's between him and his parents and God, right? All right. Yep, we got you, Stan. We got to go. There. <laughs> and right. he was helping people. He was not He was no intention of harming anyone, but he had it for protection, and he needed it. He would be dead otherwise. All, All right, I'm saying is if he hadn't gone you, there, thank you, thank he you, wouldn't Stan. have had the thank problem. You, thank you, thank you. Yep, I appreciate the call. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We're way behind. Standby caller. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
All right, welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'll have time for one more caller. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. What are you looking at, Joe? I'm looking at Joe. Whether Rittenhouse should have been or shouldn't have been in Kenosha is irrelevant. The rioters shouldn't have been there either, but here we are. Well, that's a good point. Can't argue that. Fair right. fair point. All right. And on the topic of Vice President Kamala Harris. Says, I think Vice President Kamala Harris did an excellent job of putting Trump down. What more can we ask of her? <laughs> okay. There must be something else. Yeah, I talked about a newsroom email. We're told from the newsroom that it was George Will who authored that email that said Joe and I are uninformed. I'm sure George has been. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure that he's been top of his mind. I think so. Yes. He's wondering what WKOK is up to. All right. Thank you so much much for waiting a short time. Eric, you are on the mark. So let me get this straight, the previous caller. So we're supposed to believe that this Rittenhouse kid, and he is a kid, left his home state, went across state lines unarmed to, to get to Kenosha to help defend people, and then someone gave him an AK-47 or assault rifle. If someone gave him the assault rifle, who was it? That person should be on trial, too, for providing, providing illegal weapons. But then is walking along, and I've seen videos of him, you know, displaying this and then he is attacked he is attacked and had to defend himself to the people he shot he was attacked with a skateboard and attacked with bare hands meaning the person was unarmed and the third he one shot the third people. one pointed a gun directly at his head before he got shot the and he admitted one. and well, he admitted course, that after, i tell you what someone starts popping away with an automatic weapon and killed two people in front of me and i have a weapon i might want to defend myself too if i'm the third person but, gentlemen, that's not the reason I called. <laughs> I called to uh, discuss about Mr. Fred Keller, who still refuses to come on your show. Um, in this press release, November the 6th, he is advocating, I voted against the infrastructure bill because it paves the way for Washington Democrats to, for their socialist priorities like a natural gas tax. Meanwhile, the week before, where was Mr. Keller seen? He was seen walking all over the pads up in Northeast PA at the Williams facility, uh, which is a Conterra Energy uh, conglomerate, uh, spouting how great job these guys are doing. Um, I've always con con be been concerned with, with all of our politicians and where they get their money from. I invite everyone to go online to a, a website called Open Secrets and type in Fred Keller and find out where actually his, uh, his contributions come from. And you will find that the top 100 contributors to his campaign, at least nine or ten are energy companies. The number, number seven overall is something called Natural Fuel Gas, which I looked up, which is a $6.8 billion company in lower New York State uh, dealing in what? Natural gas. Conflict of interest here? I think so. Well, that's the whole nature of political contributions is people who you agree with contribute to your campaigns. I mean, if he were... And they're expecting what back? Well, this is the milk. This is the milk of exactly. uh, the political breast. You know, this is how it works. Um, I mean, I, okay. I wouldn't accuse Fred Keller of being remarkably uh, uh, deaf, deaf on this topic. Else. I'm just saying that that one connects to the other, and you know, and his first concern about the. Uh, the infrastructure is the it mentions a natural gas tax, and then the last thing he mentions in this, and you can see this, this is on the uh, Fred Keller, Fred Keller uh, website. Uh, 
that he didn't want the IRS to hire any more agents because he doesn't want the IRS to be able to, quote, spy on your bank accounts. So, Fred, you don't want to raise taxes, but you don't want the IRS to collect the ones we're already getting either? Fred, are you, are you hiding something? You're concerned about, I'm not concerned about my bank account if the IRS wants to take a look at it. Come and look at my tax returns. Tax returns. Hmm. Who hasn't ever submitted tax returns for people to look at? Oh, well, you know, I don't know what you're looking at, but I just went to the website you suggested, and it says that Fred Keller's contributions industry-wide came from retired Republican conservatives, lawyers and law firms, education and real estate. Nothing in the top five. And if you click on the actual contributors, it goes to the top 100. Look who's number seven, Natural Fuel Gas Company. Okay, but there are a lot of Look other people. down pe- the line, UGI, Chesapeake Energy, Fuel Energy Corporation, Penco Energy, Energex. And, and what really interested me, Joe, is you go down a few more, and, and guess who else contributed $5,000 to his campaign? The Committee to Defend the President. Okay, well, you know, Fred's <laughs> never made any any bones about supporting President Trump. Yeah, that was part of his deal. You're with right. Him. Ever since he got off the plane, the president's plane up in Montoursville, when he went for this uh, election, which was you know thrown his way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, who are uh, who are the uh, let's see, Bob Casey or Governor Wolf's contributors? What industry do they represent? I, I just think if you think you have a conflict of interest because of political contributions, I think these are supporters who support Fred Keller or Bob well, Casey's what stands. What I'm tying in, Mark, is the fact that in this press release, the first thing he rec- he says about why he voted against the infrastructure bill with socialist priorities like, and the number thing he said was a natural gas tax. All right, we got you. There you go. All righty, Eric, thank you so Again, much. Again, I try to inform people. It's all out there on the Internet. Don't take my <laughs> word for it. Like, we have to take our word for several of the callers here. It's all out there. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Eric. You. Appreciate the call. I hate to tell you, but I can't find a top 100 list on this website oh, that you okay. talked about. Well, but I think if you found that an industry group or individual individual is supporting different politicians, I mean, that's the way the system works at the moment. It may not be right. I well, mean, Eric may be pointing out a bad situation, but it still. It shows the largest contributor was his former employer. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> and that's not an energy company. Bonnie, you, we have, uh, oh, we only have about 10 seconds, but go I'll ahead. Call back. <laughs> go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. You got about 10 seconds. Eric puts lies on there all the time. From the, when he said that he worked at Gold Coast Center, I worked there 17 years and never had to take a shot. All right. We now he's going to criticize Bonnie, call, Bonnie, call back, please. Call back and make your point. We have to stop for the okay. news right now. Call back. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And I'll put you on hold, too, if you wish to okay. wait. So, so stand by. All right. The first caller is lined up for the next hour. This is News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, son. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. Double to KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe's here. Rob's there. Uh, on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the Mark at WKOK.com. Bonnie has been patiently waiting uh, to uh, continue her very staunch and informed defenses of Mr. Fred Keller, the congressman, and she's back on the line. Good morning. Thanks for calling back. Go right ahead. It's not only about Fred Keller. It's about Eric saying lies constantly on your radio show and expect everybody to believe it. I worked at the center for 17 years. I once never had to get inoculated for anything. So that was number one lie. He said people should stay home that's not vaccinated. I had a cousin who was fully vaccinated for months that died, so that shot does nothing. And if he wants to use his kids as guinea, grandkids as guinea pigs to get the shot, good for him. I choose not to. Now it's Fred Keller. Fred gets donations from many people. Fred Keller does a good job, and nobody can say he doesn't. You know, he's out there. On, when he's back in the district, he's out seeing everybody, not to get his picture taken, but to see what's going on in his district. Joe, what did you find? Well, in looking back to the 2020 election cycle, uh, Eric is right. The number seven contributor was National Fuel and Gas Company, but they gave $12,000, which in the overall scheme of election expenses <laughs> is nothing. And I'm sure well, Fred... Eric said all top hundred were gas companies, which is a lie. No, you're right. That's I don't think he said all yeah. of the hundred. No. He said in the top hundred, number seven was an energy company. No, he said most of them were energy. Well, he's wrong about that, according to what yeah. I'm looking he, at. He's wrong about many. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't call unless it really gets my dander up. And today, he got my <laughs> you've called to correct so. me several times, and I yes, probably I deserved have, it. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good day. Hey, you Thanks, too, Bonnie. You Thanks too. for listening. Thanks for calling. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. All responders, uh, feel free to uh, contact us. One of our callers said uh, felt it was a conflict of interest for Congressman Keller to receive. Uh, a contribution from a natural gas associated industry. I would uh, just, I'm not going to issue a correction, but I honestly think uh, the political contribution field is 100% wide open to anybody who wishes to contribute to a candidate uh, who agrees with your viewpoints or you like their stances on issues or you just feel as though they're worthy of well, support. In the, same pra- in the same range of donations to Congressman Keller, there was the National Association of Realtors, Credit Union National Association, the American Crystal Sugar Company, the American Bankers Association. So, I mean, if he's going to sell his soul, which I don't for a minute think Fred Keller did, you know, <laughs> he's got a lot of diverse people that are bidding for it. Well, he's a, he's a business, energy-oriented uh, candidate, so I... I right, you and know. you would be, if you saw the Longshoremen's Union contributing to him, I think you'd probably have some questions. <laughs> well, I just think uh, to, if to, to you know call the radio station and say, aha, we've discovered political contributions as a conflict of interest, I'm not sure that you were, we're going to get too no. far I've known Fred that. Keller for a long time, and I don't think for a minute he'd be influenced by people who made contributions to his campaign. Well, he may be influenced. They Unless may he have actually his, believed what they were asking. Right. He may have his influence, may have his ear, but that's the way the uh, our body politic works at the well, moment. You know what they say, money is the mother's milk of politics. There you go. I think I tried to say that. I said it backwards. <laughs> All right. We do have some very brief news headlines. Let's just take a moment. A three-vehicle chain reaction crash in Northumberland Monday morning sent one man to the hospital with critical injuries. Badly hurt Charles Lehman of Sunbury, age 78. He's in critical condition at Geisinger. 
Singer. He was stopped waiting to make a left turn, hit from behind by a truck, and then pushed into the oncoming lane where there was another collision. The celebration of life for Neil Mertz is set for Sunday, December 5th at the Front Street Station. Neil Wyrick of Pittsburgh is a grandson. One of my earliest memories with my grandfather is him teaching me how to shake hands and how to look people in the eye and, and how to treat other people with respect and uh, humility. And uh, yeah, that, that's something uh, both personally and professionally that I, I've always used. Tom Mertz of Sunbury Motor Company, a businessman and cousin of Neil, said he was a mentor to him. He definitely made an effort to come visit over at the dealership you know, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis just to come in and see how I was doing and, you know, if there was anything else that I needed to talk to him about. He was very consistent on doing that. Neil Mertz served in the U.S. Coast Guard, was a national and state trap shooting champion. Uh, his obituaries posted at WKOK.com. Donations in his honor can be made at FreedomFighterOutdoors.com. Republicans are pushing back against PennDOT's plan to toll some bridges in Pennsylvania. GOP House lawmakers filed a lawsuit in Commonwealth Court alleging PennDOT didn't undergo a fair review process before announcing the tolling process was getting away for the I-83 bridge in Harrisburg and a bridge on I-80 north or east and west in Luzerne County. Governor Tom Wolf was at the White House yesterday for the big to-do. Governor Wolf says he was honored to stand with President Biden to witness the signing of the infrastructure bill, which he says will bring tens of billions of dollars in critical infrastructure funding to Pennsylvania. The governor says the investments will strengthen the state's infrastructure, economy, and environment and create good union-paying jobs. The funding will help to improve roads and bridges, public transportation, and high-speed Internet access. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, one of our texters sends a note, says, Hey, Eric, what's your problem with affordable energy? Do you have a problem with the poor and elderly being able to afford heat this winter? A reference to natural gas support from uh, Congressman Keller. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We start at the top. Bob is first. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Hey, apparently they didn't look at gas prices yet because they're going to be uh, very, very, very high. It's not going to be very cheap this winter. But, uh, you know, the Bonnie that calls in, Keller's wife works or did work at the Ceiling Grove Center, says she's just being a friend. And, I mean, I have nothing against Fred Keller. I see him as a nice person. I don't like the way he votes sometimes, but that's just how it works. You know, and Republicans stand, I hate to say stand, but, you know, cry, cry, cry about Biden not obeying orders about the border and this and that. Well, he has executive privilege, unlike Trump says him and his allies are, you know, defying uh, subpoenas from Congress and not showing up until they're indicted to show up. But that's okay, right? So you've you've lost me. The, you're Kinda comparing blended. apples to oranges there. Well, Humpty Trump used executive privileges for all of his uh, people not to show up for subpoenas. But now that Biden right. is the president and has executive privileges, can not he can not go on the border thing, which I think he will eventually come around and fix it somehow, and, you know, um, 
Lost. He's the president. Let, right. let me explain something to you. Executive <laughs> privilege is something a president can assert, and that means he has. he's saying that the people who advise him, if they're compelled to testify or talk, it would damage his relationship with his advisors, and that's been built into the Constitution. It's been used by many presidents, many presidents, not just Republicans or Democrats. Well, Republicans and Democrats have used it. So there's nothing wrong with asserting executive privilege. President Trump doesn't have that ability now. You're absolutely correct. He can't assert it, but he can retroactively say that these things were, you know, confidential and should not be released. And it would be up to a court now to decide whether or not that privilege holds. All right, we'll give you the last okay. word. Go right ahead. Okay, uh, the other topic was inflation. How comes the 4th of July you go to the beach and it costs you twice as much as it does when you go in uh, October or November? That's not really inflation. That's supply and demand. <laughs> well, that's it. That's what, that's what we're uh, saying inflation is, aren't we? Supply well, and demand? Sure, yes. Uh, inflation is uh, sort of a, a hyper and supply like and demand issue. And it's when new clothes sure. come out. You pay top dollar when they first come out, don't you? Right, and then they, they mark it down at the end of the season. But when the the price of everything goes up, a lot of people feel as though the U.S. government can affect this and have an impact on it. And likewise, the President Trump did things that helped keep inflation in check. You may not have agreed with them, as you pointed out, but he still did take some action. And President Biden has taken some actions, and we agreed upon them yesterday when we had a, a distilled list that these were things that President Biden has done that contributed to but inflation. President right, Biden's we, we right about go. something. I mean, the economy economy is doing better now, you, but you don't pour fire, a gasoline on a fire. And the economy's already practically overheated. All right. Uh, Eric, Eric, oh, Eric is back for one minute. Same Eric as before. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so I'm a liar now. Okay, so this lady worked <laughs> 17 years at Salem's Grove Center and never vaccinated for anything. I guarantee before you got employment to work there in a congregate setting for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you had to have a doctor physical. As part of that physical, you had to prove you've been inoculated against measles and all those other good things like anyone has to to work in that session. Uh, thank you for dragging my grandkids into this and uh, <laughs> you know calling them guinea pigs. No, that's how we're going to be able to get past this. I also did not say that most of the contributors to Mr. Keller were natural gas people. No, a lot of them hide and so forth. I said 10 or 12 of them. And if you do look and add it up, Joe, that does end up being uh, about 10, a little over 10% of the total contributions to his campaign. Well, well, I in, think the, in the top 20 contributors to his campaign in the last election cycle. I said the top 100, Joe. All right, but the, the top one, the t by the time you get down to number 20, the contribution is $7,500. These and are not massive contributions. Them, 10 or 12 of them at $2,500. You add that up to the number seven, which was twelve or thirteen thousand dollars. You come up with a total closer to thirty thousand dollars of a two hundred and forty-eight thousand dollar campaign chest, which in my mind is more than ten percent. Two hundred forty-eight thousand. Congressman Keller has two hundred forty-eight thousand dollars. At the time, he had two hundred forty-six thousand nine hundred eighty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not looking at my computer right That's now. That's like a right dime now. in political money. Right. None of these are huge contributions. I mean, if. I, and I've known Fred. Fred's a man of integrity. He isn't selling his soul for $50. Yeah, he and and when he got off the plane in Montoursville with the President of the United States backing him, there was no, there was no uh, quid pro quo there. He just happened to... He, he, went, to, he went to Washington and on the plane Was there a quid pro quo when President Biden supported the governor, the Democratic candidate the for Let's governor? We're talking about. We're talking about Fred Keller. Well, yeah, but and, you're, you're me, saying... Tell him I'm a liar. Tell me that he did not get off the President's <laughs> plane in Montoursville 
to announce his campaign. You're saying political backscratching has no place if it's among Republicans, I but it's okay for back. Democrats. And then, and, and then ever since that time, he has backed President Trump, former President Trump, and defended him since this time, and received $5,000, right. <laughs> that's also there, you go down the list, from right. the uh, Defend the President campaign. We got you, Eric. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. Appreciate the opportunity. You betcha, buddy. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, let's see. Who is next? Oh, Al is back on the line. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, Eric better check. There's a little blue puddle under him because the snowflake's melting down again. But anyways, uh, guess who's excluded from getting the vaccination? The representative, federal representatives and senators. Back in September, they were excluded from the mandatory. Right. They do that all the time. They, they exclude themselves from taxes they raise and fees they raise on us and vaccinations and health care requirements and every other thing. Rules for me and not for me. Right. It's, it's terribly unfair. And I made up that list yesterday, Joe, of uh, people that, you know, should not get their welfare check, food stamps, Social Security, Medicare, federal retirement, military pension, unemployment, workers' comp, disability comp, child welfare, ward of the state, child tax credit. What, that's what you read yesterday, no right. Presents, and no Christmas presents for anybody that doesn't have a vaccination. What? But Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, talk to Santa this year, they're going to have to say, now, when you vaccinated little Johnny... You have to show him your card. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you got to show him your card, and then if he can, then he can grant your wishes. And all the else have to get vaccinated, too. Well, all my wishes have already come true, and I've ha had a booster, so, so far, so good. And you guys had a bit about me saying about an abolishment. Uh, we could have a vote, either abolish all these crooked politicians both left and right or a revolution and I think they would just all walk out the door I, that would be the honorable thing to do abolish I, I, I've forgotten I have a very short memory what did we say about abolishing something I said that uh, it's built into the constitution that any time the government becomes terrorist uh, runs with tyranny and on justice and gets out of hand you have the right to abolish your government. Well, we probably could in the U.S. Do we not have that? We could overthrow Washington if we so chose. Yep, it's in the Constitution that we can do that. Okay, well, amen. All right, we got you, Al. Thank you so much for calling in. Really. All right, we appreciate it. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Got uh, open phones. We'll be right back. Oh, Bonnie's on the line for one minute. All right, well, I can do that before the break. Go ahead, Bonnie. You have waited enough uh, today. Reply to Eric. I know for a fact, and I can say for a fact, that Fred Keller did not go to Washington and fly to Montoursville with Trump. He was in Montoursville and walked up on the plane. Ah, I think you're right. Well, I yes, I do, I do recall that. Of a yep. fact, I was there. Yep, I recall that myself. Yes. I think that's what we reported. Tell Eric to get his facts right. He has and flown he on Air Force One, though. When he was working at the center, he had to get a shot. He's lying about that. You had to have your shots before, but not while you were employed there. 
Gotcha. No additional shots. Well, you had to get right. through shots to get through life up until well, this yeah, point. yeah, like anybody does, except illegal. So I, I think uh, Congressman Keller has been on Air Force One when it's in the air. I think he flew yeah, back to he Washington. Has, or when he said he flew to wa- went down to Washington and flew up with Trump for quid pro quo, whatever it is, right. he's lying. I gotcha. Okay. All right. Noted. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Open phones. Talking about Congressman Keller's onerous political contributions showing that he is beholden to hundreds of people in the central Susquehanna Valley. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Are we back? Yep, 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 yep. Are we back? Are we back? We are. <laughs> All right. 1-800-795-9565. Got open phones. Have talked about the Vice President of the United States of America, Kamala Harris. Uh, I said, I think it's true, I sort of expected more from her. And we have, uh, I wouldn't say widespread reports, but there are some reporters who cover things in Washington that say there's uh, uh, like a conflict in her office or so on. Some folks want her to be a little bit more out there and assertive and decisive. So that's kind of being uh, talked about in Inside the Beltway. Lance very much loves inside the Washington, D.C. Beltway, and he's on the line. Good morning, sir. That was a joke. It's I'm talking to you, Lance. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> try, to, try to stay with us, Lance. I <laughs> no, really, I, I did there. I, um, anyway, though, um, if uh, my mother was back on Earth, why she would describe uh, Kamala as a uh, little home-wrecking harlot, and uh, <laughs> for sure. And uh, anyway, uh, we talk about uh, the Democrats being treated a whole lot different than the Republicans when it comes to law. Well, think about it now. Holder was in Congress testifying about Fast and Furious. Uh, his boss had uh, deemed it worthy of evoking executive privilege, so he wasn't going to say anything about it. And as he went in there and he described himself, Holder did, as the president's wing man, and totally refused to testify, was held in contempt of Congress, and what happened? Nothing. Now, Bannon, I'm sure, they're going to send to jail. I mean, before I even think about it, he's going to uh, do the same thing, basically, and what happens to him? Now, isn't that a direct, uh, well, just what uh, Stan was talking about? I mean, that's a good illustration of it, isn't it? Well, it, it is, I suppose, but, you know, Bannon certainly thumbed his nose at a congressional subpoena, and if yeah. you believe in the rule of law, you have to honor subpoenas. 
you know, I'm sorry. You may not like it, but if the Congress subpoenaed me, I'd show up whether I agreed with the subpoena or not, simply because I believe it's my legal obligation to do so. Well, what if he shows up and would uh, refuse to testify? Well, that's his right. Under the Fifth Amendment, he doesn't need to testify. Happens all the time. You know, he could just say, I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may tend to incriminate me, and that's it. That's all she wrote. He's yeah, the, done. Only, the only requirement is that you say it for every question. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. But, uh, well, then in other words, if he'd do that, everything would be okay then, right? I would think he, he could certainly well, assert his Fifth Amendment rights. Well, he's not, I, I don't think anyway, being investigated for doing anything any illegal related to the uh, riot or the attack, or the rowdy riot, we're told to call it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I know he was uh, said some uh, sort of predictive remarks the day before, but, uh, you know, that's people's prerogative to, you know, to kind of predict what they see coming. Yeah, well... Uh, well, okay. Now, don't you think that if you're talking like, let's, let's say, vigilantes, right? Uh, isn't BLM vigilantes? I mean, Who? They're, they're not. Black Lives uh, Matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Uh, they don't like the way that uh, things were uh, adjudicated. And, boom, they'll take things into their own hands and not... Uh, be happy with what the uh, powers that be, you know, doesn't trust them. Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? Well, I don't know that it's the same thing, but, you know, they, nobody subpoenaed the Black Lives Matter people, and they haven't refused to, to participate that I'm aware of. I mean, they, they go through the legal system if they get arrested. The problem is that law enforcement didn't do its job in Kenosha and some of the other places out there during these riots. Yeah. Right. Well, you're exactly right there. All right. Now, Mark, uh, talking about uh, the uh, donations from the natural gas industry, well, you being a purveyor of the Green New Deal, <laughs> and yet uh, you take the benefits from the natural gas industry. You eat your house with it and, well, also uh, get your electricity from it, right? What's the Green New Deal? I don't, I'm, I'm not familiar with what... Uh, what that entails well everything well you basically talk about uh, a lot how you know our transition to green energy and you're all for it and you uh, do things well you talk about it to promote it right Uh, yeah I'm I'm not familiar with the Green New Deal I know there was an idea in the Senate uh, four or five years ago that died for lack of a second and uh, I, I I don't know that it's been implemented well, no, but I mean, too, at the implementation of it. You see, I look that as our transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy, conservation of uh, everything we've got, that kind of thing is a Green New Deal to me. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a cons- conservationist. I suppose that's true, yeah. Yeah, well, hell, so am I. But then you're donating, see, like we're taking Fred Keller to uh, task for taking from this awful industry. I think you should go back and listen to the show. I think I've been defending Congressman Keller and his ability to receive uh, any and all contributions from people who are like-minded as long as they do so legally and stay within the limits. It was a caller who suggested that... Fred may have sold out to the energy and I've companies. contributed to Congressman Keller, okay? I'm just going to say it right mm. out now. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, thanks a lot for dispelling that. I feel a lot different now. I'm sorry. 
of it. He seems to think that somehow you uh, insulted one of the staff. Oh, I'm not familiar with that. That's news to me. It could be. Um, what you call them eggheads. Oh, the staff of the eggheads. Well, those are like college professors or super smart people. It's not really an insult. You intended it as a compliment. It is a compliment. It means you're like twice as smart as me. <laughs> oh, okay. Which is easy All for right. people well, to be. Thanks for uh, straightening out. I talked to him the other evening, and uh, I said, you know, I couldn't understand why, because it doesn't matter how far afield from what uh, Mark thinks, He'll always give you a chance to uh, vet your uh, vet your uh, opinion. Did you get a response? That all he said about was you had insulted one of his staff, and then there were about twenty thousand people else. So I just backed off there. Right. I, I didn't get specifics. Uh, now the egghead conversation. Well, this is okay. interesting. Well, I'll, what I'll do here is I'll, I'll end on maybe a little better note. Okay. And that is that uh, many years ago, I had this mama cat. I had lots of cats over the years, but this one in particular. She ate a whole ball of yarn. (laughs) And afterwards, she gave birth to two mittens. Oh, brother. Thank you, sir. Okay. Should, we should have used I'd the stay delay on, on the that lower one. plane if I were you. <laughs> we should have hit the hit the dump button yeah, to, to delay that. All right, thank you so much, Lance. Thanks for calling in. All right, standby caller. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Yes, indeed. And we have some emails, and we have two calls pending. Tom says, "How did Fred manage to get off the plane in Montoursville with Trump when it landed?" Question mark times twenty. More of that right wing magic, Tom. He got on the plane when it landed. It landed. He it got on, on, and then he came down the steps, steps with, with the President, President Trump. Right. We covered it live, so <laughs> I, I, I didn't memorize it like deep into my brain, but I do happen to recall that. And one of our uh, one of our uh, Mike Bowling says, and Keller did not fly with Trump to Montoursville. More fake news from the lemonade drinkers. <laughs> says I'd rather take political donations from the National Ga- Natural Gas Company that heats my family members' homes affordably than say from communist-funded radical organizations and faux environmental movements backed by open. OPEC funds. And one final, uh, there was another one here that was short. Uh, the backup at the docks is the result of many issues. On 60 Minutes this past Sunday, the problem was looked at from several different perspectives. The major issue is that the docks have not been upgraded much in the past several decades. The method of receiving cargo is antiquated and slow compared to foreign ports. Although they be operated round the clock now, the warehouses and distribution centers are not. Couple this with unprecedented demand and you have a real dilemma. And of course, the implication is none of this is Joe Biden's fault. Do not confuse us with the facts. That's, that's not, not. Those aren't the facts. That's not how. <laughs> that became, those okay. are alternate facts. Oh, are they? Oh, so everything on the 60-minute report was false, as you're saying? It was slanted to the far left. <laughs> okay. All right. To be continued. Uh, Bob, you get another minute. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark, did you do your victory lap this morning about the infrastructure uh, deal where CSVT <laughs> will be getting some money? No, I watched it yesterday live on the TV. $1.5 billion, dollars, Mark. For, for Pennsylvania, right, but we're... $1.25 billion dollars over five years. Right, but not in our area. Well, it's... it's for the CSV. No, the, fu- the CSVT is fully funded right now. It doesn't need right, any more right. money. Right. Well, there's going to be upkeep, isn't there? 
Right, down the road, but it's not going to start from day one. Well, I guess it will start from day one, but, I mean, give it a few years before it needs a lot of upkeep. Well, they actually already laid a lot of highway, and it's not even be, being used. It's like 10 years old already. Uh, no, it's not. It, half of Northumberland. They they just started. Ago. They just so started a year ago. There. It's not ten years old. The blacktopping is not ten years old. It's several years old. It's some of it last is. construction season. They started the blacktop. All right. The final no, coat no, was no, put it's on. Been there several years. All right. And, you know, Geisinger, this there, you're not going to win. Uh, since people aren't getting the vaccine, they're going to start calling it the endemic. You're going to get a vaccine every year to keep yourself safe and why can't we start kindergarten with three-year-olds why do you have to be five Whoever that in office. yeah good idea all right we got you bob thank you so much well, cindy you're on the mark. toilet train before they send them off to school <laughs> and they have to know how to count right. wow wow all i can say is wow wow you know lincoln has a famous quote better to be silent and assumed in ignorance than to speak out and or it's kind of like this speak out and confirm From it right so, <laughs> in general what he's saying but anyway, I'm calling with regard to the comment earlier today about I don't care if the IRS goes searching through my bank account. <laughs> well, I can only assume that this person and many, many others in our country, sadly enough, don't know about the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, which secures you in your person and your paper. It's a very timely thing when you think about it. The Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrant shall be issued without probable cause supported by oath or affirmation. So what they're doing, not unlike what they did with all our emails and personal communication, is the government is awarding itself a back door so that it doesn't have to bother with uh, warrants, and it's trampling the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, trampling it. Now, I pay I taxes every year. I have for the last 40 years without fail, but I don't want the government pawned through my bank accounts. I don't want them recording where I choose to use my money. I already pay cash 90% of the time for the very reason that I want my privacy. And to have the government award itself through this bill the right to go in and rifle through my spending is, is outrageous to me. How is that going to catch billionaires? It's not. You know, that they said that this goes down to $600. That's patently absurd. And it does mean that they'll have to hire. They've already uh, budgeted for billions, B-I-L-L-I-O-N-S, billions of dollars just to pay IRS agents to go pawing through our private records. It's ridiculous. There's a great article on NPR this past week that talks about why don't the rich pay. And this will go nowhere in affecting that. The rich don't pay because, unlike most Americans, their money, well, actually not most Americans, but many, their money doesn't come from their labor. Their money comes from owning stock. And our government gave stock a privilege of being taxed less than actually laboring people. And by construction of our government, if you own stock, you pay less. Now, most interesting, and I didn't know this is, 
What they do, rather than sell their stock, which would cause them to pay a tax, they borrow money on their stock. They go to the bank and they go, yo, dude, I got $50 billion sitting here. Loan me $10 million to live on for this year. The bank goes, no problem, Mrs. O'Hara. Here is all that money because I know you're good for it. You got all this stock. Again, how does that work out like that? Well, because our government has constructed that. And do this, does this bill of searching through my private spending do anything to address that Joe Schmo, the billionaire, has borrowed money to live on so he doesn't have to sell his stock? Heck no, it doesn't. Heck no. Cindy, what should Mark. we do to fix the tax code so we get this revenue that they're trying to, uh, to turn into ill-gotten gain? Income from investments. And do I have investments? Yes, I do. Income from investments should be taxed at the same rate as income from labor. Okay. That would begin to address this. And have I said this before, Mark? A couple times. A few couple of times over the last decade or however long <laughs> I've been calling in. 13 Once years. I realized this, this is where the injustice lies. Yes, you have plowed that field before. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I just want people to understand, I'm not new to this religion. I have believed this, and, do, and will it sting me? Yes, it will sting me. Now, I see a difference between uh, if you get hired and you have a contract, right, and the contract says, we're going to pay you $50,000 over every year for the next five years. You don't get taxed on the fact that next year you'll make 50000 and the next year you'll make 50000 and the next year you'll make 50000 But the, what, what, what Senator Widener um, proposed was that I would, that if I had a contract, that that would be potential value to me, and I would have to pay tax, even though I haven't lived in that time or earned that money, which is essentially what they're doing when they tax the value of a stock that you haven't sold. Now, to his credit, Mr. Musk, Elon Musk, last week he sold billions, with a B, billions of shares, dollars worth of his Tesla stock. And you know what happened when he did? It drove down the price of the stock. The stock price went down. Now, who did that hurt, Joe? <laughs> All right, well, let me, let's let's quit uh, quit to there. Cut to the chase. That's it. Really, uh, what should we do? Should we contact Congressman Keller and say, "Look, you got to help fix this," or what? Well, they should not be pawing through. We should re honor the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. We should all honor that. You know, next they'll be saying they're allowed to come in your house and search how much toilet paper you have. And if you have more toilet paper than you deserve, confiscate it and give it to people that don't have enough toilet paper. That's what we're going with all of this. Robin it's Hood time approach. to put a halt to it. All right. So I think we ought to somewhere in that equation consider the need for that toilet paper and right. <laughs> as opposed to the quantity right. of it. Women need more toilet paper than men. All right, moving so on. Households that's, held up by women should get more toilet paper allotted to them because we use it, you know, twice, three times as much as men do typically. No, well, it depends you, on how many yeah, times. Thank you're you told. very much. Thank you, thank you, and thank it you. Depends on how many times you're told you're full of the material that needs the. Uh, yeah, they need a lot paper. of toilet <laughs> paper in Washington D.C. Right. If you think about it, they right. are certainly full uh, of that. Come on, we're minutes from a break, and we got quite a slew of things in front of us. Joe, why don't you read the biggest one of the All big right. one? All uh, right, Doug says. We are seeing how wrong the media was with their rush to judgment, wanting a young white man who they 
claimed as a racist and white supremacist to be brought to judgment. With the verdict in the Rittenhouse case coming soon, it's interesting that it's happening almost 10 years later from another case where the media uh, layer out, uh, laid out a narrative that was completely wrong. They quickly labeled Joe Paterno as a pedophile enabler in the Sandusky case. Not only were they wrong about accusing Paterno of this, but in my opinion, they were wrong in saying Sandusky himself was guilty of everything they accused him of. I know this is not a popular view, and I realize he was found guilty in court, and I too thought he must have been guilty at first. But after listening and reading to tons of information on the case over the years, at the very least, Sandusky deserves a retrial. I'd love to hear a couple of guests on your program to discuss this sometime. John Ziegler started a website entitled The Framing of Paterno, and has a new podcast called With the Benefit of Hindsight, where he dismantles the case and will at least make you question what you think you know. There have also been books written about the case that totally discount many of the victim's claims and prove that maybe Sandusky is not the monster the media made him out to be. There have been many court cases where the drive-by media has rushed to judgment and put out their narrative. Then, as time goes by and facts come out, you realize the media was totally wrong, and of course, they are never held accountable. Not true, Doug. Uh, they were held accountable in the case of the young man from the Catholic high school uh, where they accused the media jumped on him immediately, claiming that he was disrespectful to a Native American. And they wound up paying quite a sizable judgment. Uh, quite a few news media outlets paid a sizable judgment to him. Well, and there's 30 young men who accepted some pretty high lawsuit settlements that uh, would say that uh, Sandusky was a monster. I'm not saying that, like Doug says, I I don't know what actually happened behind those closed doors, but uh, there's a lot of people on both sides who said uh, Jerry Sandusky did what was said of him, and these are the uh, benefits that come from it. As for Joe Paterno, uh, if he had absolutely no culpability at all whatsoever, why did he say, perhaps I could have done more? Well, I mean, I that's one of always, his famous you phrases. Second, you would always second-guess yourself in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of just speaking, um, you know, gee, I wish I could have done more, or maybe I could have done more. Wouldn't you second-guess yourself if, if something like that happened and you were peripherally involved? Sure. You yeah. know, shouldn't I, I, I should no, have seen I, I'm something. To I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, all right. right 1-800-795-9565. got open phones, so we're taking the media to task right now. We talked about Kamala Harris earlier. We talked about Congressman Keller's political contributions, which by all observations for me seem pretty normal uh, for a Republican, but uh, maybe other folks see it differently. Let us know. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, here's a a different version of uh, what is it better to be silent and thought a fool than right. to open your mouth and erase all doubt um, ignorance uh, and I think this is directed at one of our callers uh, although it doesn't specify which one ignorance of facts is forgivable but ignorance coupled with arrogance is usually destructive and harmful <laughs> like President Trump all right thank you so much for that 1-800-795-9565 we got one call coming in but we'll take more comers when it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. You're listening to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan with Mark Lawrence, who's busily engaged doing something else. We have Dale <laughs> on the line. Attention. Dale wants to talk about Brandon. Yes, Dale, what about Brandon? Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not too deep in this, but uh, how did the Democrats lock up Brandon? I mean, that, is that the guy that's singing, let's go, Brandon? They lock up. <laughs> I don't think the Democrats really want to claim <laughs> I don't it. think that they... Steve <laughs> Brandon? Brandon, yeah, they said, let's go, Brandon. Why would the Democrats do that? The Democrats it's, it's didn't not, do that. It's, it's the Republicans, Republicans who are doing people on the right who are doing that. And it's French for F. So no more let's go, Brandon, then? Well, no, I think it's catching it. I'm hearing more and more. I think it's very popular. I think, they, given your political I leanings, I think you should say that quite often to everybody you meet. It's from the Bar Association. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, I don't is. understand why the Democrats did that. The Democrats, so no more, Eric, Brandon, huh? <laughs> all those sorry, Dale. Different crazy call. Different crazy yeah. call. Right? No, Eric's not crazy. Dale. Either is Dale. The Republicans, now, did, the Republicans came up with that. I mean, it, the Republicans adopted it. It was a, a chant at a race where people were actually saying, blank Joe Biden, and the commentator uh, said, oh, they're saying, let's go Brandon, because a guy named yeah, Brandon were on the race. Yesterday, right? Huh? They locked him up yesterday, right? Who? Well, no. This was several weeks ago that this happened. Steve, Steve Brandon. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Brannon. Oh, Bannon. Bannon. Oh, let's rather. go, sorry, Bannon. Bannon. <laughs> so that's the guy who says let's go, Brandon, right? No. No. All right, anyway. No, it's not. All right. Thank you, Dale. Thanks for calling. Thank in. you. Well, for... I ain't that far deep into it, so that's probably no. Where no, no I would say you're you're ankle deep at best. <laughs> it's something. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, oops. I got it. There we go. I don't know how deep you have to get into that. <laughs> I don't to, know. To be aware All of these it. texts are new, though. Okay. Uh, OTM, uh, well, you have one you wanted me to read that uh, came from somewhere else. Let me find it here. Uh, so every private conversation Joe has with council members or the police chief should be disclosed through a subpoena. Right. Now, this is in response to somebody saying that right. everything that uh, Steve Bannon said to the president Trump when Trump was in right. office should be made public. Bannon and other advisors have the same type of relationship with the president as a doctor, patient, or lawyer or client. Same with President Biden's advisors. They should be free to give advice without having to worry about their conversation conversations being disclosed. Well, you know, it's a law here in Pennsylvania, I assume other places too, that I have to maintain, and so does every elected official, every email that I have about government business. Right. So I have quite a file over the years. Every time I send my police chief an email or he sends me one, it's uh, it's. Well, and you see uh, a lot of people are using Gmail or Yahoo or other private accounts so that they don't have to have that accountability so they, they can send a note to Joe and say, Joe, uh, make sure you tell Mark Lawrence he's full of it today. You know, and that could come from somebody in state government. 
government and so that wouldn't be held accountable because no. it's it, on their private accounts even though it's they're wearing their little state hat right. and uh, sending it do on their private state accounts. Ha- do we have a little state hat? state hat? No, I don't <laughs> okay. know. Anyway, uh, okay. One of them's another texter says, I see you can't go to school until five years old because of vaccines, right? Well, you want your rights? Well, go get vaccinated, stupid. <laughs> That's the e-texter's comment, not mine. Uh, Eric, what does Biden's campaign contribution list look like? Left-leaning, anti-American organizations? Do you believe that could be true? Well, not anti-American. I mean, everybody has a different opinion. And then, Bob, Trump followed court orders not to defy them as like Biden like Biden is doing. Your president is lawless, Bob. <laughs> but Bob always calls Trump a lawless, lying, <laughs> stupid, whatever. Well, And, you know, Biden is not following the law at this point. Then uh, Eric, commenting on the Rittenhouse case, was taking his talking points directly from the prosecutor's closing arguments. That's all mainstream media shows. And you know what's interesting yesterday? MSNBC showed the prosecution's full summation. Didn't show a thing about the defense. Not a thing. So what does that tell you? Well, Fox carried incomplete completely both the prosecution and the defense. I don't know. The whole thing. Why is the media so obsessed with this? Well, I think because of the implications of it. You know, you can make, you you can bounce back and forth on this all day long. First of all, as I said, and then, and, um, uh, Chris, not Chris, um, Eric? Eric, no, Stan took issue with me about, uh, if he hadn't gone there in the first place, he wouldn't be in this trouble. You know, so, but on the other hand, there is video evidence of him just being there until he was chased and attacked, and then that's when he started defending himself. So, I mean, what, so this what is probably justifiable shooting. Well, I mean, what responsibility does the young man have for putting himself in that position anyway? I certainly don't think he's guilty of first degree murder. I mean, if someone comes after you and you have the means to defend yourself, would you not do it? Well, at what moment does it become first degree murder when it's premeditated? But uh, can that be just a few moments? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how, long it, to how long it has to be premeditated. At some point, you either think, I'm going to shoot this guy, or you actually just shoot him without thinking. Well, at what point does that become first-degree murder? I mean, he didn't leave home. They were trying to intimate that he left home with the intention of harming people. And, in fact, mm-hmm. the prosecutor asked him, did you leave home intending to kill people? And he said? No. Okay. <laughs> so well, what do you I, think? Yes. Where do you come down on this? You're I, I, honestly, I have not followed it at all. It fails the who cares test, in my view. I don't see it indicative of anything other than, you know, a jury's view on what he did or didn't do. Um, if, if he is guilty of uh, white supremacy or something, I haven't personally seen any evidence of that. They, they, I, I they don't know the guy. They trying to find militias that he belonged to. They couldn't find any organization or group he belonged to that was a white supremacist organization. Well, President Biden said he was a white supremacist, and there's no evidence of that. He should well, apologize. President Biden talked through his hat, as he usually does. <laughs> All right. Well, to be continued, folks, we're going to enjoy open phones tomorrow. We'll try to get one of those good CBS correspondents on the phone. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. It's 10 o'clock. Time for the Dan Patrick Show.